question, Aguado. First thing I do is establish a motive. In this case, the killer saw the size of the bug's dick and became extremely jealous. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast. This is episode 110, and we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Thank you guys so much for checking us out tonight for the movie discussion. We got a good one in store for you. And before we get started, the lab with the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Now, Banner, I'm assured to be hung over tomorrow since I'm already drunk now. So what's your recommendation for a good cure for the headache that future Jeff will have? Look, I've been saying this for a long time. Bro 4 Squad Hangover Cure. It's a staple in my house. Have one every morning. It's uh, Advil Cold and Sinus, Winter's Coffee, and three saltine crackers. Fixes everything. Um, I'm a little what concerned. What if that is what fixes coronavirus and we, like, find that out? I mean, all I'm saying is I, I don't have it yet. So there I mean, might if you be tr- some merit in that. Cool. Now, for those who haven't seen the, the movie Polar, which is atrocious, don't see it. But can you explain what a winter's coffee is? Some people might call it something else. Basically, it's a black coffee with shots of whiskey in it. It's quite delicious. Or if you make it like Mads Mikkelsen does, it's a few shots of whiskey and it has some coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's a, cu- it's a mug full of whiskey with a couple shots of coffee in it. All right, and uh, next we go to our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger. Geiger, I heard you had to get uh, rough with some fellow shoppers at a Target this past week. Was it over hand sanitizer, or what caused the brawl? Well, we were in the toilet paper aisle fighting about what everyone fights about in the toilet paper aisle, and that is, which is the worst movie, Ghost Rider starring Nicolas Cage or Daredevil (laughs) starring Ben Affleck? And it got pretty (laughs) fucking heated. People wanting us to move for some reason. I guess a pallet came in or something, but... Yeah, the, the the discussion, a.k.a. the fight, went on for a couple hours. So. <laughs> I, could see, like, I mean, it's tar- got to be Ghost Rider, right? I think so. I, that's, that's what side I was on, Banner, for sure. Uh, I thought I, Colin Farrell did a fantastic job. I was going to say, I could, looked great, but yeah. I could see Geiger with the dude in a headlock. Like, just admit Colin Farrell's not that bad. <laughs> not that bad yeah. actor in this. And I'll let you go. The guy's like, you'll have to choke me out, bro. I'm not tapping. I will die before I admit that. I would actually die if I admitted that inside. Some colors just don't run, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> what if like, you say that every <laughs> All right. If you have not listened to our show before, or even if you have, we start every episode off with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is our chest day. And uh, as you it is the final matchup of our female Ooh. animated character movie let's madness go. tournament let's shorten that title next year but let's just keep going all right we long. can have that discussion banner's <laughs> pumping up the crowd like uh, an annoying walk-on from northern iowa who just took a charge yeah this is 2020 though there is no crowd just exactly. just us and yeah, we're playing in front of no f- although that white guy would still try and pump up oh no yeah f- probably um Look, so when you got a job to do you gotta do you your know. job uh, if you guys have not been following along with this, uh, which probably 98% of the Earth hasn't, that's a conservative estimate, we put 16, excuse me, 15 favorite animated female characters in a bracket and Miss Piggy and had the
I guess they're both Disney princesses. Yeah, we've uh, so coming out of the West, we had the number one seed going up against the five seed Jasmine, the one seed Lola Bunny, the five seed. Really tight match here. Came down to the end. Jasmine just barely eked it out, twenty-one to nineteen. Jasmine heading to the finals to face the winner of the Cinderella story, number ten Moana or number three Mulan. And it's called the Cinderella story for a reason because they never work out in the end. It turned midnight. She turned back into a pumpkin. Mulan, uh, Mulan is moving on by a margin of 22 to 9 over Moana. So tonight we have in the finals Jasmine, number one seed overall, versus the number three seed Mulan. Corners ready. Geiger to you. All right. So we grade this on three criteria personality, story arc, and hangout ability. You can grade it on whatever you want because last time I checked, well, I don't know if this is a free country anymore, but you can grade it however you want. I love this America. <laughs> Personality. Jeff. This one's tough, guys. I actually think as far as personality, both these characters are kind of sticks in the mud. Like, I know Mulan has a job to do, but she's very businesslike. And Jasmine it was kind of all about herself for most of the movie. So this one is a tough point for me to give. I think Moana or Lola Bunny would have won this matchup for me. I'm going to have to go with Mulan just because I think her interests are less about herself than Princess Jasmine. So Mulan gets my point for personality. Banner. Mulan doesn't have a personality. So I got to go Jasmine. Jasmine is at least like a little rebellious, is ready to have some fun. Mulan's just like real straight arrowed and just kind of a, I don't know, kind of a ditz. So I'm going to have to go Jasmine. Hey, this isn't cable television viewers, so we're going to shoot to you straight. When two people don't have a personality, you go for hotness. So I'm going to go with Jasmine. That's just the fucking facts. You can at me. Well, forgive to. Mulan for saving all of fucking China. <laughs> well, you can at me if you want to. I've got the gavel now. So it's 2-1 Jasmine moving on to story arc, Jeff. I got to go Mulan again. Uh, sorry that she saved all of China. And I know Jasmine, we did talk about this last pod. She pushes all, all of the action and the plot forward in Aladdin. And that's great, but Mulan is the hero of her own story. And the movie's fucking named after her, so how can you not give her story arc? Banner will answer that question here, probably. Banner. <laughs> yeah, no, Mulan all the way. Again, like you said, she's... She defeated the Huns. I mean, what more do you need with that? Uh, like you said, Jeff, Jasmine does push that story plot. But at the end of the day, I think being at the front of that pile instead of pushing the shit forward is more important. And wow. Mulan is at the front of that shit pile. What an analogy. Uh, Mulan's story arc, we've seen it before. However, we have not seen it before with a female-led character. I believe this is one of the first times um, that a female was basically kind of a badass and the only badass in the movie that you know defeated the hun so i'm gonna go mulan as well four to two mulan hangout ability jeff gotta go jasmine here uh she's the type of person that can give you shit and take it back um she can hang with the guys she is a they're both very strong female characters but uh mulan is the type that i feel like would just want to dd when you go out to the bar and jasmine's the one who would be like up on the like coyote uglying it yeah. up on the bar, which I don't know, maybe would get a little bit out of control. Um, 
But she's the one I would more rather hang out with in real life is Princess Jasmine. Four to three, Mulan. You going to tie it up, Banner? Yeah, so I think the real question here, rather than hangout ability, is if we hang out, and I had a few too many, who is more likely to chop off my dick? And that's Mulan, which means Jasmine's going to get the point. Because I like my dick. Wow, I can't believe none of you guys brought this up. So it's 4-4, four, four. I gotta break I gotta break the tie here. Um, I'm gonna go Jasmine for the win. Not only I think it'd be cool to fucking be, you know, you're it's the Sultan's daughter, man. You're gonna be chilling in a castle. And I mean, when we're filming this is April Fool's Day. I mean, come on, she's got a fucking tiger and Everyone's into tigers right now after this fucking documentary that came out. I guarantee you she knows Doc Annell and fucking Joe Exotic and fucking everyone like that. So She probably know. knows what happened to Carol Baskin's husband. I, the I true story. Carol Baskin's husband's like buried in Agrabah somewhere. With When that tiger comes up out of the sand, like Carol Baskin's husband's down in there with all the treasure. So it was five to four, Jasmine, we had it. But it didn't really matter how we had it because we let the fans vote. So... I don't know which one you guys want to take this. I can, I can handle this one. <clears throat> so, as Matt says, we're a pot of the people, and we put this vote up on our Twitter to let you guys decide the finals. And even though we had the one seed Jasmine winning five to four, the people had it different, and democracy rules. And Mulan is the winner as a three seed over Jasmine of our female animated character movie madness tournament by a vote of 26 votes to 17 votes. Now, Banner, we'll go to you first. Even though we scored it differently, uh, I personally am totally okay with this. I think the way this final was set up, we basically had two great princesses battling here, and I'd be fine with either one. How do you feel about the way the fans voted? Because this is a pretty sizable margin of victory. Like, I don't, I mean, Mulan would have been like a three and a half vote underdog. So it's kind of a surprise there. Yeah, I. I kind of echo what you said. I'm I'm not surprised, but I also think this is a testament to uh, our fans because I think Mulan is the lesser popular movie uh, as opposed to Aladdin. I think Jasmine overall is probably a little bit more of a popular character than Mulan. Um, but I think that the fans, may, even though we scored it differently, and me personally, I had Jasmine winning over Mulan, uh, I think they got it right uh, as a majority because all... All three categories are a toss-up for me, so you could convince me one way or the other, and I'm uh, I'm just thankful that it really didn't actually come down to us. It kind of took the stress off of me, for sure. And we talked about this last week. If uh, the Mulan live-action movie had come out in theaters, that might have even pushed her even further in this victory, just because of the reasons. For sure. Events. Geiger, what are your thoughts on how the fans voted here? Again, Mulan wins by nine votes, easily covering the spread. A bit of an upset. Did you lay any money on this? No, I didn't, and I, I'm thoroughly disappointed that Ariel wasn't in the Final Four, at least. I thought she'd be in the championship. Um, I'm so disappointed and so upset that, that I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to bitch about it on social media and hashtag uh, not my Disney princess, because that's when you do when you want to make a difference. That's how you make real change. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how you, that's Basically, there's two fucking steps, and those are the two steps. So that's what I'm going to do. I really thought Ariel would go far in this. Yeah, she. I don't know she what had it is, a, man. did not. She had a. She lost to the champion. That was a tough quarterfinals matchup. She lost to Mulan, twenty-two thirteen. So between, just a tough road ahead of her. Between you and me, I think Ariel was injured a little bit 
coming to the tournament too. But you no got excuses. everybody, so like, everybody's in injured. Bracket, I'm like, well, if you're gonna win the whole thing, you're gonna play them sometime anyway. So you might as well. Just I know. I, I love that excuse. Oh, we have to beat other good teams to be the champion. <laughs> yeah, dude. What the yeah. fuck do you want? It's like, sorry. Well, thank you guys for uh, the turnout and participating in this. Um, we do one of these every March. Banner even floated out the idea because we're all kind of stuck at home of doing another small tournament here coming up. So if you have any ideas for that, email us, broforsquad at gmail.com. Or tweet at us, at broforsquad. We'd love, love to hear to that. a serial tournament. That's going to happen eventually. Yeah. That's actually, this is probably the best time to do it. Everybody's stuck I, at home. But it, but is it? Because can we even buy it? Are they on the shelves? Like, can we get I, th- I think we may have a trouble getting some milk. That yeah, might be true. the biggest problem. It's weird shit that people are deciding to buy up. Like, it, Who knows? It goes day to day. All right, any last thing you guys want to leave the people with before we go to Protein Shake, Manor? Uh, no, I I love this part of the, this time of year. I love our tournaments. Um I'm kind of drying up the well, though, on ideas, so I want to hear from the fans. What do you guys want us to do the next tournament over? Yeah, ditto. Awesome. All right, that moves us on to the second part of our show, which is our protein shake, where we go around and talk about what's in our cup, also known as what have we watched lately. We're going to save Geiger for last because it's going to lead into another conversation about Tiger King. So, uh, Banner, how many things do you have? Uh, I've got three. Okay, I have six. Let me do three of mine, then I'll let you go. Does that work? Sound, yeah, sounds good. <clears throat> All right, I watched The Hunt. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. It uh, it was the movie that was deemed too controversial to be released in theaters last year. And it was going to be in theaters, I think, this month, but it was sent to VOD. This is basically, uh, like, sort of like the most dangerous game, like yeah. 12... 12- people wake up in the wilderness and they're being hunted by like rich people and this thing claims to be like this super edgy political piece and i gotta be honest man i watched it and i don't know what the fuck it's talking about why it thinks it's controversial like one of the characters is really far left leaning another one is really far right leaning and they fight in the end and i'm not going to spoil what happens for anybody who hasn't seen it but that's pretty much it it wasn't even like annoyingly political, like which I was expecting. Like, oh, here we go, fucking, what's your message? <sighs> just fucking get it out. It was just a movie that it was like, I was so confused. I was waiting for the controversial part. So, would yeah. you watch it again now that you know it's not controversial? Yeah, but it's just it's it's a fine movie. Um, I, I think I gave it two and a half out of five on Letterboxd, but I don't know like what it thinks gives it's the the right to say it's super edgy and controversial is it are we just not smart enough to know that it's controversial because that happens a lot maybe that is it maybe i just totally missed it um but it was fine it wasn't like bad it was well put together betty gilpin from uh, the netflix show glow is pretty good in it hillary swank is in it ike Barinholtz, emma roberts so like it's a solid cast kind of a cool premise but there's nothing about this at all that is, like, extra edgy. Like, I think any Adam McKay movie is way more political than this. So, I just don't, I don't get it, but, but whatever. <clears throat> uh, I went, there's some pretty trashy horror movies I'm going to get to here. I watched Unfriended. You guys remember the trailers for this a few years ago? I do remember this, yeah. 
This is, uh, it's called like, there's a genre for these movies where like they all take place from a computer screen, you know? They're called like Social View or something like that. This is basically a group of friends in high school all Skype each other. And there was a video released of some girl at their school uh, in a compromising position at a party a year ago, and that girl killed herself. And during their Skype call, that girl's spirit starts to haunt the Skype call. And scary and horrible things start happening to all the participants of the Skype call. Um, it's a pretty stupid concept, but I was, I was digging it. This thing is in and out. It's like an hour, 24 minutes. They don't waste any time with the kills. And it's just corny enough to keep, keep me interested. Definitely don't watch it with the kids, but... I also saw Unfriended Dark Web a few years ago, which I think is way better. But Unfriended is like a really good, like, trashy horror movie, if you have nothing else going on. Um, but, like, the weird things, there's, like, this mysterious person on the Skype call, and they'll be like, I can't hang up on them. I can't see their profile. And you're like, this would, like, 20 years ago, kids would be like, what the fuck is scary about this? I don't know what Skype is. They're like, I can't click their call history. It's just the like uh, the most millennial type of horror movie. <clears throat> well, another thing I'll mention briefly, Banner, before I turn it over to you. This is about half of my stuff. We, uh, uh, Nate Thurman, Cycle, and I watched Goldeneye, which you guys should. Yeah, it's up right now on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. If you do watch it, though, be prepared. And this is, I think, more of a selling point than anything. We are 90s kids, so about half of it we talk about the N64 game as opposed to the movie. It's happening on the screen. Which was like the I original Call the of Duty, right? It oh, was the yeah. first. Kind of. it was, I don't know if it was the first, but I know it was probably the, even to this day, it's probably the most historic first-person shooter game well, out there. Well, Stein was also a first-person shooter game. Right. Yeah, but I think this was better. And Duke Nukem, I think. Yeah. But basically the whole, like, there'll be a scene in the movie where we're like, oh, I remember this level, and then we'll just start talking about it for yes. 10 minutes. Also, Fomka Jansen's character in it, Xenia, is, we we say this on the pod, probably a top five horniest movie character we can remember. I mean, it's she, first off, she kills people by choking them out with her legs. So that in and of itself is is pretty erotic. And basically every scene she's trying to fuck someone. It's kind of impressive. Um, all right, so that's about half my cup. Banner, what do you got? All right, so um, started watching the HBO show uh, Veep with, uh, what's her face? Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fine. Um, it's ex I don't know. We're not a political podcast. I don't really know politics. I don't really follow it. But this is exactly how I I imagine Washington being, just like a big old fight between the vice president and the president <laughs> all the time. And I dig it. I like it. It's fun. They're like twenty minute episodes, and uh, you can I mean watch a couple at night before bed, and it's not gonna you know if you got to take a pee break, you're not gonna miss anything. I can't so. wait till we're like certified critics and we're like on commercials. Like Brian Banner from the Bro Four Squad says, "Yeah, I guess it's fine." <laughs> it's <laughs> harmless. This that? movie is harmless. <laughs> you can pee in for a few minutes and not miss anything. <laughs> but that's like uh, a layman's man compliment. Like I need to know that I can just piss and miss two minutes and not be, be like the end of the world. 
Yeah, that was kind of the reason that we started watching it. I, we wanted something kind of right before bed, a little palate cleanser for whatever we're watching, or something that we can just lay down and is almost on in the background, but you're kind of paying attention to it, but it's not that doesn't take that much brain power to understand. So like the exact opposite of Westworld. The polar opposite of Westworld. Couldn't be further from each other. Or like True Detective, where you're like, wait, I think that guy had a slight pause at the end of that sentence, which could mean... Yeah, this isn't going to lead to two hours of conspiracy theories about that single episode to lead to absolutely nothing three weeks down the road. That's... That's not if you want that kind of movie or that kind of show, don't watch this because that's not watch unfriended. There you go. To to do haunted Skype calls Um, again, as everybody knows, baby banner uh, controls 95 percent of my life. So we watched the Incredibles and the Incredibles Two, fantastic franchise. Uh, Watching them back to back is Really, really pleasing because the second one obviously picks up right where the first one lets off, um, despite having 15 years between the two movies. Uh, Original cast that came back is all great. The people that they added was fantastic as well. Very, I mean, obviously this came out, I believe, 2018. Uh, Very women power, you know, Me Too movement stuff. And I dug it. Jack Jack steals the show. Absolutely steals the show. Check out our review on Incredibles 2, by the way. We yeah. gas up Jack-Jack the whole time. I don't remember doing that review, but I can promise you my best scene had to be Jack-Jack and the raccoon fighting. You weren't on it. It was me and Bugsy Bogues from the car after the premiere showing. I of thought it. I, w- I was on it. I wouldn't saw it. You were on the commentary for the okay. first Incredibles, but... Huh. Well, I'm investigating person... Uh, great flick, great franchise. I don't know if I want another one, but I wouldn't be mad if I got another one. Yeah, I hear you. I you just know, don't think it'll happen. But I don't think it will, too. I think it that. took too long for this one, and I th- I'm afraid that if they do do another one, it's going to turn into Toy Story and you know, go down that saga where we got two extra movies that we really didn't need. One of them was okay, and the other one was like just left us thinking, why? But I don't know. That's... I still don't get why it took so long to make that second one. Like, I feel like it was popular once it came out, the first one. I know merchandise was a huge thing. Like I saw everybody with Incredibles. Those T-shirts are like iconic. Everybody has yeah, those. Yeah, with the eye on it. Everybody has those. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I also watched one last thing. Last night we watched Vantage Point. You guys remember this? Oh, movie? wow. I remember that movie. Yeah. 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 It popped I up on still Netflix remember who like... did it, too. We'll yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's a good good flick. Forrest Whitaker, Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid right? and a bunch yeah, of other Matthew actors. Fox, yeah. William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver. There's oh, some. Hurt there's some. Hurt? Yeah, yeah, he plays the president. What's that on? Uh, it's on Netflix. It popped up and said, "Hey, you might like." And I said, "You know what? You're right. I might like." Uh, good movie. I like it. I think it's fun to see a single event from multiple vantage points. Um, and that's exactly what you see here. Although that title and that concept really only lasts for the first act and a half, about the first half of the movies. Second half of the movie is just a typical action movie, but I'm fine with it. I enjoyed it. So if I remember right, 
it basically shows you the same event, like an assassination, from like five or six different points of view. And obviously, each it's like a memento kind of, where like each time you see the new quote unquote vantage point, you you know more about what's happening because you've seen the other people's perspective. Yes, and each all of these people that you see at some point they intersect with each other. So yeah. everybody's story intersects at some point. Um, and each time you see a new quote unquote vantage point, you, yeah, you get a little bit more of the story and there's some points where you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching. And then all of a sudden it kind of, it comes full circle and again, very entertaining, very, really, really simple movie as far as plot goes and just very self-contained. It is this event and that is it. Um, Jeff, I know you like movies that all happen in, you know, one night or a single weekend. And this movie yep. literally happens over the course of an, like hour. an hour, right? Yeah. I so think I saw that back when it came out in theaters for some reason, way back when, way back when I don't remember when it is, but if I keep talking like this, I could probably figure it out pretty quick. It was 2008. Wow. Did we go see this together in college? We might have. Because I vaguely remember seeing it in in uh, the theaters also i don't remember much of college but no one does it was uh yeah that's that's all i had still kind of a light week all right i'll uh wrap this up then we'll get it over to geiger so i watched the movie truth or dare it's another uh one of these trashy horror movies but i watched it twice because apparently there's two of these movies one came out in 2017 What's a one came out in 2018, a Blumhouse movie with uh, Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars. Here's why I watched it twice. So Cycli said, "Hey, I saw this movie Truth or Dare on Netflix. It's horrible. I was laughing at it the whole time. It's about a group of college students who go to this house and they play a game of Truth or Dare that gets possessed. You should watch it." So I rented from my local library, we'll say, and I'm watching it. And I'm texting Cycli like 40 minutes in. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fucking stupid. Uh, the teens just went to this abandoned church in Mexico because they just randomly met some guy at a bar and he convinced him to go. And Cycli's like, what the fuck? That's not the movie. <laughs> so I look it up and there's two movies. Premise. One came out in 2017. That's the shitty low budget one. It's not one even Truth watched. or Dare 2. It's no, just the same name. They're totally different movies. But so pretty. You made such concept. a shitty movie that they automatically went and made a remake the next year. They clearly ripped each other off. Like, all the character dynamics are the same. Uh, the 2018 one was actually, like, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. But compared to the 2017 one, it was fucking Citizen Kane. I mean, that's how bad the 2017 one was. The 2017 one is on Netflix, and it is just a flaming pile of dog shit. I think I gave it a 0.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And I said at the start of the review, like, in order to submit a review, Letterboxd makes you give it at least a 0.5. That's why it has that 0.5. Um, <laughs> the one thing that really kind of pissed me off with the 2017 one, so there, there's a spirit that possesses their game of truth or dare. But the 2017 one, the is spirit... Is this before or after they're on the Skype call? separate separate universe here oh my bad so i guess after so the spirit in the 2017 one they're playing truth or dare and it does two things that i really think are just like kind of cutting corners number one it never does truth like every single thing it does is a dare which like 
like 15 out of 16 they do are dares. I'm like, dude, you got to at least mix it up a little bit. Keep yourself honest. The other thing it does, it's dares aren't dares. Like, it'll say, the dare will be kill Megan. I'm like, okay, bro, what are we fucking... It's not a dare. Did he say, I dare you to beforehand? It's kind of implied, but it would be she like the spirit's like... Megan. Okay, yeah. All right. Actually, in the 2018 one, they do dare two people to have sex. Awesome. <laughs> Slight spoiler. But the 2017 one, he's like, I dare you to fucking uh, kill Luke. I'm like, well, we're not even going to be creative. Like, it's just you're going to be like, you killed him. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of, kind of cheating, kind of cutting corners. Uh, I watched a movie called Young Adult. This is on Netflix. It's from 2011, which is way older than I would have thought. This is Charlize Theron, Patton Oswalt, and Patrick Wilson, who you've probably seen in a lot of stuff. And this was a really depressing movie. It's like kind of a dark comedy. Charlize Theron plays a pseudo-successful like young adult novel writer, like not Twilight type books, but it's like these teen high school drama books that she writes. And she goes back to her hometown in Minnesota. She's like an alcoholic and she's just got divorced and her life is kind of falling apart. And she tries to seduce Patrick Wilson, who is her old high school boyfriend who's married and just had a baby. And it's just like the saddest fucking thing of all time. And it's like funny at parts, but then towards the end, you're like, this just makes me feel like really bad because everyone's life in this sucks like Patton Oswalt is a guy they went to high school with and he walks around with a cane and a limp because in high school and you guys are gonna laugh because we're assholes and it's fake but in high school a bunch of jocks like mercilessly beat the shit out of him because he was fat and they thought he was gay and yeah so now he like can't walk right for the rest of his life and it's just like horrible and depressing and I won't spoil the ending, but it's not really like a pick-me-up at the end either. <laughs> this was on Netflix. It sounds like something we all need to watch right now. <laughs> it's not, not like bad. Uh, the guy Jason Reitman who did Up in the Air, he wrote and directed it. There's some fun moments. It's something it's like you and the wife will both enjoy a little bit because it's got a little bit for everybody. But at the end of the day, it's like you're going to need, like Banner was talking, a palate cleanser. Like watch an episode of Veep or something afterwards. Yeah. Just kind of pick you back up. Last thing I had before I turn it over to Geiger, you know that I'm slowly making my way through some of the early seasons of The Simpsons on Disney Plus, just to see what all the fuss was about. And I last watched season one, episode four. There's no disgrace like home. And I just have a few quotes that I think you guys might appreciate. So the basic plot here is the Simpsons uh, decide to go to family therapy because Homer sees a commercial on TV for it. Um, and but. Before that, they go to this work dinner, like Mr. Burns has one for the power plant, like all the employees come over. And there's a quote that one of these rich people says to Marge. She says, quote, I don't know which of my kids I love more, my son, who's the uh, football captain, or my daughter, who's head of the cheerleading squad. Usually I use their grades as a tiebreaker, but they both got straight A's. And all the people are like, oh, that's so hard. Another quote I had that I liked, Homer at one point has to pawn the family's TV so they can afford to go to therapy. And Marge says, Homer, can't you just pawn my wedding ring instead? And he, Homer goes, I wish, Marge, but we need at least $150 to afford the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. I'm going back revisiting it. Uh, the animation's really bad in the early seasons, but I have it on in the background while I do something else, and I'll catch a few things. I don't things. mind bad animation, actually. It takes me back. 
I don't either. And these are they're all like 18, 17 minutes on Disney Plus, so it's like you're in and out. All right, that's all I got. Geiger, take us home. Okay, this is something kind of unique that I just thought of because I'm just sick of. I'm like scouring for shit. It's like the grocery store trying to find something to watch. You know, they don't have what you want. And so I want everyone listening, you guys too, you don't have to close your eyes, um, but just think of your favorite sports team and then think of your favorite year of that sports team. Now go and relive it. So my favorite sports team is the Raiders. My favorite year was probably 2002 uh, when they went to the Super Bowl and played against Gruden. You'll be amazed when you go back and just – all the shit you forgot. I forgot how big of a get Jerry Rice was. I forgot how big that, I mean, that's basically like Brady, him leaving the 49ers for the Raiders. And then us trading Gruden, probably the best young coach. That'd be like trading Sean McVay or, you know, some fucking young coach for draft picks is what Al Davis did. And basically just had the offensive coordinator, hey, you kind of know what he did, you be coach. And just making your way through the fucking AFC and then the season before, I started watching some of that. So the tuck rule, if we would have won that game, it would have been the Raiders versus the greatest show on turf in the Super Bowl, which I totally forgot. I didn't know who they would have played, but they would have played Kurt Warner and the Rams, which is also a very interesting fucking thing. That would have been cool. That, that been was good. a really fun team to watch, greatest yeah. show on turf. Uh, just just go back and like rewatch. And I thought we matched up, uh, you know, very well against them. You got Charles Woodson on our team. Uh, Nandi Asamoah was very, very young, but it's fun to go back and rewatch like your favorite sports team in the year you loved them. Another thing I went back and rewatch was the 2005 Masters because I remember Tiger has never won a tournament from behind, but I'm like I thought he was behind the 2005 Masters, but it rained a ton on Saturday, so they had to play their Saturday. Half their Saturday round on Sunday and then get like 20 minutes rest. So Tiger teed off at like 7 a.m. at Augusta. He had six birdies in a row, which was a master's record, um, to come back from behind. And then he was tied for the lead. So he went in the dressing room, changed into his red attire, and then came back and won the master's. And that's the chip, um, Jeff, where um, Vin, Vern Lundquist went uh, – You. In your life, have you ever seen anything like that where the Nike yeah. ball like rolled over? The most amazing thing I've ever fucking seen. Well, Tiger knew it still had a little bit of tilt in it, right? Because he didn't move. He yeah, just like it barely it. went in. Like it just and it, like gravity just took over. The Nike swish went over. God, Matt, just God. go back and rewatch. Like Jeff, I know you're a big Seahawks fan, or you know Oklahoma City Thunder when they had Durant and Harden, like all those fucking players. Like just go back and rewatch a game or a playoff game. You forget, like, so much shit. I was like, dude, I forgot about, like, the drama that was around our team then and how Barrett Robbins fucking skipped out of the Super Bowl and went to Mexico and went curtain. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I can't blame him. There's so much shit that you just forget. And it's fun to just relate because you don't have sports. But basically, you can make your team the best in the world because whatever team you had, they were the best at some time. Now, some teams, you might have to go back to the 80s or something and watch them. But it's so fun, especially just – how announcing is and how games are broadcast. And that wasn't that long ago. Like, I mean, I guess it was, it was 18 years ago. I mean, I was in eighth grade, but I remember watching a bunch of these games. It's really fun to do. Speaking of that, not a quick off topic, but you see this uh, Jordan documentary, ESPN moved it up to the he middle of April. To. I'm yeah. ready yeah. for that. That'll be so we'll, we'll be talking about that on pod two. It's so either that or we watch the NBA 2K tournament, which – probably gonna care. happen as well i don't give two fucks about that so. yeah but what else are we gonna do 
lastly, I watched a couple other things, but lastly, I was uh, like, I, I finished Tiger King. I wasn't on the last pod. And good God, what a ride. I mean, this is something America desperately needed. And honestly, if you're like, what what do you pray for? I'm like, a cure? Like, well, you can't have that. I wouldn't even know what to pray. I was like, what about a tiger documentary? I'm like, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. But the thing is, the tigers part, like, that's just the setup, right? It's the murder and the characters that are what really... It's the characters, in. and it's just playing the game. And I know you guys did this on, like... Who's the most normal? Who's the craziest? I mean, Carol Baskin obviously killed her husband and fed him to the tigers, which the memes on that are just fantastic and much appreciated at this time. But Doc Antle is my jam, dude. Like, I mean, I could definitely be an apprentice for him and just maybe get his scraps. And I'm not talking about the tigers um, at his fucking ranch, but I've been I've been saying it. That's the documentary I want. Banner, I think he'd like you if he met you. Oh, he would love Banner. The fact that he got raided in 2019, though, like his story has the bow tied in the end. Like, give me the one on him. Yeah, I know. I, I told Matt this on the phone. Uh, I had no idea that tigers made chicks so horny because if guys like Jeff Lowe and Doc, and now Jeff Lowe's a different story because Matt admitted he's probably paying for a lot of those chicks in Vegas. But the fact that tigers can get Doc Antle uh, basically like a sex cult for like the past. 25 years, that's pretty telling to the power of the animal, I would say. In Vegas, I guess, that would I, I, I know it would work if you're like, hey man, you, you can get a limo with baby tigers in it. I mean, like, that sounds badass, but uh, honestly, for the price they're paying to get in that zoo, I wouldn't really care to do it, I guess. I mean, seeing a tiger up close would be kind of cool, but I wouldn't be paying that price for it. Now, Geiger, I want to ask you a couple of questions that <clears throat> we wanted your thoughts on before okay. you'd seen it. So your thoughts on Jeff Lowe, I think uh, we've all, like, him, when he enters the documentary, because you're kind of thinking when you watch it, like, I think, he, what is he in, like, episode four? Yeah, he didn't come until later. So you're thinking, like, all right, where's this going to go? We see the characters, everybody's crazy. And if you take a bunch of crazy, and then you throw in a guy that's a little bit smarter than them, yeah. to basically, like, really stir shit up that's when things hit the fan i mean the crazy thing to me about him i don't think this guy has much money at all but he's been able to be involved in all these business deals just because he finds people that he can take advantage of and that's exactly what he did i didn't think i'd hate anyone more than carol baskin until jeff lowe signed up and <laughs> the only question i had was and i mean this was pre-coronavirus i thought affliction already closed its doors clothing i had no fucking clue but i think jeff lowe is single-handedly keeping him in business because he just buys like all this shit but he is the biggest like con artist piece of shit fucking dude that you like that's the worst thing is feeding your husband to the tigers at least it has a little merit i maybe he beat her or something but being a con artist like that just fucking over everyone and lying is like the worst attribute of fucking and <laughs> How scared is he of people knowing that he's bald? He wears a oh bandana under a baseball cap. Like Hulk Hogan would even be like, bro, just take off the bandana. Come on. Like, and then you're not fooling anybody. You see his mugshot and you're like, I knew it. <laughs> bald this whole fucking time. I guarantee you, like, uh, Jeff, you're going to have to take off. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. It's like, <laughs> it is, but this is a mugshot. So you kind of, that's the thing about being a prisoner. You kind of give up all rights. Right. Those rights that you had outside the doors, like, that's kind of the whole point of yeah, being Yeah, that's in kind years. of the give and take of the whole judicial system. There's only a couple rules you have to follow, and you didn't follow them. Yeah. 
<laughs> Matt had a great tweet too. This is like one of the best, will be one of the great memes and gifts we have going forward. But it's after that uh, chick who works at um, the Win Winniewood. Oh, yeah. Gets her arm like bitten, bitten off and mauled by the tiger. Geiger, what's the quote Joe Exotic has? Uh, right I, it's like her with no arm. I was like, but at Kevin Durant couldn't play in the NBA Finals because of a sore ankle. <laughs> Which and you could she, use for basically any athlete or even like a co-worker if you wanted to. I was like, oh, but so-and-so couldn't show up to work because he's hungover. Well, the other thing, too, you put was the the uh, quote of Joe Exotic where she's like lying there bleeding out and they get him quoted as saying, this is going to ruin me financially. It's like, I'll never financially recover from this, which is honestly the greatest <laughs> tweets I've seen is like the dad coming home with all the lights on and the TV or uh, mine was uh, you come home and um, your wife buys new drapes. He's like, I will never financially recover from this. It's it's like, the, but what a trooper, what a team player Winnie is. They're like, hey, you know, we'll get your arm back. It's going to take years. Like just amputate it. And she's like back to work in two days. It's, it's insane. I love how he has that quote though while she's literally still lying there bleeding. Like With the waited. EMS bomber jacket on too, Jeff. Let's not forget. Like, what? Where is that? Does he just put that on when someone's bleeding? He's like, this just makes them feel better. I don't really do anything with it on, but the cast of characters Joe Exotic had working there. I mean, all of them look like action figures we had when we were kids because they're missing like a couple arms and some yeah. legs. There's one dude that doesn't have either of his legs. Although that guy was like the real gangster. Like and he, he was the up in a car of with like a skeleton riding shotgun. And by that time, no one had any more questions. They're like, dude, I just, I have, it was like lost. Like I have too many questions. I just know nothing's going to get answered. So just along for the ride. And the dude just tripping on heroin doing the interview at the end that looked like the drummer from the Foo Fighters is. Good God. He was five seconds away from ODing. Yeah. I thought he was going to live on the pod. So, the Jeff, show. I don't think I asked you this last week. So, I'll ask both of you guys this. So, obviously, we got a Making a Murderer Part 2. That was the the big documentary, you know, a few years ago. We got a second season. Let's say we get a second season of Tiger King that's going to follow another character. Would you guys rather one that dives deeper into Carol Baskins, Doc Antell, Maybe uh, Jeff Lowe, Tim Stark, the guy from uh, Connecticut or uh, Kentucky. Who who are we wanting second season to focus on? Wait, who's Tim Stark? He's, He's the, the dude, guy, the no toothed guy from Kentucky that helped Jeff Lowe get at the, the end. new zoo at Windstar, but then backed out. Oh, I thought that I saw the guy's name was Alan for some reason. No, Alan's the guy that was gonna kill Carol Baskins and instead went and did cocaine off a stripper's ass. Oh, right, Tim, Tim Stark Tim is the guy, Stark who made is a the guy that starts dating a chick whenever she was already dating someone, and she cheated on her boyfriend with him, and then later is like, "Man, she's a fucking slut. I can't believe." It. I was like, "Well, yeah, she cheated on a guy to get with you." I'm like, "What? What do you fucking expect? He's a fucking idiot." I would like a almost a making a murderer where we just get a case, try to reopen of Carol Baskin. If she killed her husband, I'd be down for that. I mean, I think there's the, the nice thing about this, as opposed to making a murderer, that second season was still good. I mean, the first season is incredible, but the second season is good, but it was all about them just trying to get an appeal. Like nothing actually happened. I think there's actually like Geiger was saying, we could actually get some, a groundswell going and, Carol Baskin has got to be the most fucking nervous person on planet Earth right now, right? Can I can I tell you what I really want? <laughs> Please. I want I want Joe Exotic to get a presidential pardon and be released from jail. 
And on Paramount Network, at 7 o'clock on Sundays will be Bar Rescue, and at 8 o'clock will be Zoo Rescue, where Joe Exotic just goes around to local zoos and tells them everything they're fucking doing wrong. And then gets, like, the zookeepers that are straight to have sex with them at the end. That's what I want to see. Because he gives them meth for some reason. Zoo Rescue. Is that not the greatest... Exotic. Greatest sales job ever is someone who looks and acts like Joe Exotic getting three men, straight men, 20 years younger than him, again, straight, not gay, admittedly, uh, to marry him. Oh, and uh, whoever came up with the tweet of the one Joe Exotic husband with, like, one, two, two, two teeth, and the one says too close, the other one says social distancing, you win, you win 2020. That was the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. I literally was shitting, and I saw that, and I laughed for 10 fucking minutes. And then finished my shit, and then wiped, and then watched, then looked at it again and laughed for five minutes, and then went to work. That's, That's the, the thing, greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. That's the thing with Tiger King, is, like, if you haven't seen it, you need to just to get half of the jokes on social yeah, media. It, literally, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I saw it. I've been done with it for five days, but it's still been giving joy to my life with all the gifts and memes. And then, I mean, I don't know who told, I think, Ben, I think it was you who told me this. The story about Joe Exotic is not actually the one singing his music. No, it's not him. It's, like, some local country band like from around there that they just like add his voice over the top of it a little bit so it's not even him singing which makes it even better also legitimately we have a shot at uh carol baskin's addition to this because from what i read on the internet they have reopened the investigation on, on carol baskins because they're getting six to ten leads a day since the documentary came out which go. Six to ten extra leads is a lot, but they're getting that a day, so they had to reopen the case. I mean, if Joe Exotic can figure it out from Winniewood, Oklahoma, I'm sure like a quick jaunt around her. Pro Let's just look under the septic tank, you know? Couldn't hurt. It's not that hard, right? If she gets caught and like taken into prison, Joe Exotic's going to be like, I fucking told you. Fucking Carol Baskin. He's like, let me out. They're like, yeah, I was gonna works. say he would he would try and appeal solely based on the fact that he was right. She killed her husband. The yeah, real tragedy of the story is no one can frost tips in prison. Like, come on, really? Dude, his hair was it was, it was rough. rough. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, one last thing I got to talk about. The John Garretson guy, Geiger, the fat fucking dude who becomes a CI. Oh, we didn't even talk about him. The that, jet ski scene was the greatest. Oh my thing god! Bader and I said we were crying, laughing. It makes it's like he, these people. The, I think the great thing about how this documentary is made, every person that is interviewed in it is so honest because they think that on the documentary they will be made out to be the hero. Yeah. But it, it's not how it works, dude. The director is a fucking genius with how he put this together. Because he gets them to make themselves look so bad. I mean, they're idiots anyway, so yeah. It's... <laughs> I'm telling you, they're in a league of their own. They're either the smartest dumb people or the dumbest smart people. I can't figure it out. I, I've been thinking about that for like two weeks, and I, I don't know which it is. I don't we need either. Way, we need way more of all of this, though. Like, we need... Is there somebody that does monkeys a lot around the United States? Like, we need more well, of this stuff. The best... Guys, we have to remember, all this started because the guy that made the documentary started making it on like the snake trade and Joe exotic came in and was like, Oh yeah, well I got tigers and Carol Baskins killed her husband. 
and the documentarian's like, "Fuck these snakes!" What yeah, is this? this is my fucking guy right here. I'm yeah, back into you, and we're in good shape. Je- Jeff's funniest thing was he was saying that whenever Carol won the suit. And fucking Joe's like shooting his mattress, like, "Oh, you want this, Carol?" I was like, "Joe, I don't know if you understand. Like, <laughs> you can appeal shit. Like, you're just shooting your stuff. Like that." I can see him out there like blowing up all of his groceries. What you want, my fucking dinner, Carol? Like, yeah, but Fuck Joe, you shit. still have to eat. Also, like blowing up your own bed that you have to sleep in isn't really showing her. Well, last thing we got to talk about. Carol Baskin's new fucking husband is that dude the biggest soft body in the history of time? Oh, yeah. I mean, what a fucking cornball, right? Awesome. I I just can't get the image of their their wedding day on the beach with her in her dress and him dressed like fucking Barney Rubble on his all fours with a leash around his neck. I can't get that image out of my head. And let me say this. The picture doesn't even make sense. Why would Barney Rubble be on a leash? I like it doesn't make. I can't should, answer it. You should dress like a dog or something if she's gonna do that. You don't dress like a Flintstone. It's fucking me up, man. It doesn't make any sense. Geiger, last thing I'll ask you: What are your thoughts on? Because uh, he was definitely a shady guy, but I don't. I mean, the dude who was originally making the documentary with Joe Exotic. And then mysteriously, like, all their footage got burnt to the ground and those alligators were killed. Yeah, I think Joe did that, sadly, somehow. Because I think he started realizing that, He's you know, fucked. I'm, yeah, and I, the government's starting to do this and I'm not smart enough. And then also, you don't have enough money to pay these lawyers and shit. So I think he's the one that destroyed it. Well, wasn't it, like, right after he met with his lawyer and his lawyer was like, yeah, th- that guy owns the footage, man. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do. And he's like, huh, okay. And then mysteriously. Nothing I can do. And he made he planned like a weird trip to purposely to be out of town, so he probably had some. Yeah, it sounds to me like the OJ. Oh, just stop taking your arthritis medications, so your hands will swell up, and then put on the glove type thing. Like it, it does make a lot of sense. Good for Joe, man. Damn right. Proud of him. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Anything you guys want to add before Banner asks this question to end the show? It's fucking. Great. Fucking great, great, great fucking show, dude. It's when, uh, when are we gonna get the next? The next like, obviously this is becoming a trend. We got making a murder. We got don't fuck with cats. Now we got this. What's the next docu series that we're gonna get? That's what I'm excited for. I'll tell you this though, man. Like we we were all over Disney Plus. Their original content has hit a huge, huge lull, which I don't think we even really thought about. As long as Netflix keeps these docs coming out. They will always have my monthly subscription. 100%. And by mine, I mean my mom's that I share with her. Thanks, mom. Love you. <laughs> Real quick, before we move on, I uh, this is a little tease to the next February, which nobody will remember. But I did add on the preliminary list for possible nominees for the What's Up Doc Award. I put Tiger King on there. Even yes. though it's a, a docu-series, I think we should still... I mean, we have to count this, Can right? Can we just go ahead and give it to it? <laughs> That's not how it works. We don't know what else will come out. But it won't be this good. Actually, I got uh, the name of a really cool Scientology documentary that just came out that I've heard is fucking nuts that I'll shoot you guys way after the show. I'm in. I'm not Rah! teasing it. can't remember it. What's that Rah! one, Brian? You like that? And that brings us 
No, not a Brett. Not a Brett. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I'm really? Sorry. That's it? You're, that's all? Yeah. Yeah, I got carried away. I apologize. That brings us to our "Do you even lift, bruh?" Segment, It'll happen again. Which, <laughs> you're honest. Which is our question and answer segment where we ask you a question that we leave you with. This one is very topical. Uh, so turning this real life, seemingly desolate pandemic into a movie will most certainly happen, right? That's just how the world works. We're going to get through this eventually, guys. And when we do, in like a decade, it'll be uh, made into a film. So we just have to ask, uh, to put a little perspective into it, a little bit of levity, what director and or actors would you want behind the coronavirus outbreak film that will probably be made in like 2030? Geiger, let's toss it to you first since you went last for Protein Shake. So mine is going to be basically about the essential worker, and this guy is going to be like a Lay's potato chip delivery guy. Um, there's two guys in the back room, and they're fighting. I mean, they're on the front lines every fucking day. And then finally they just say, fuck it, and they're going to fight the virus head-to-head, like literally fight the virus. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, stars as one of them. Naturally. And, <laughs> and Kevin Hart's the other one. And the virus <laughs> is voiced by um, Liam Neeson course <laughs> but i just love this the rock uh you know is just tired of seeing people in the grocery store going crazy and they can't keep up with the demand of lays potato chips so he's just like come on you some bitch and Le- <laughs> to the virus and yeah and the virus uh voiced by liam neeson just keeps asking where his daughter's at which is like doesn't make any sense but where's my daughter interpretation like like because where is daughter's at we could have another virus movie like later and his daughter could come and be another virus so i like how your franchise building that's really good yeah it's it's a democratic point of view because i wanted the virus to be you know voiced by like lucy Liu or someone like that but i don't think people are ready for that yet so do you have a director in mind to helm this thing uh probably uh james wan i think he would do a pretty good job at this yeah damn I feel like I put you on the spot there, but that was a hell of a fucking answer. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Look, you can't, you can't hang that slider out there. He's gonna knock it out of the park. Jeff. No, yeah. Even I though it's, I don't know if you guys been to grocery stores and seen people with like uh, pallet jacks and stuff like Lay's potato chip guys. So they like have khakis and a button up Lay's potato chips, like button up shirt. But of course, The Rock's gonna have cut off sleeves and he's gonna have just oiled muscles all the time. Like, why is a Lay's potato chip guy like this jacked? Like, what? How does a lace potato chip guy have six hours a day to work out and eat this well? Doesn't really make sense. And of course, he's going to eat lace potato chips because you know he's got to support you know himself and his family. I got a really good idea though for a joke. How about there's one scene where, and bear with me, guys, this is highbrow stuff, where they need to stack the lace potato chips on the top shelf, and The Rock can do it because he's tall, but Kevin Hart can't do it because he's short. Yeah. And, and inherently, it's funny. Banner, hang on. It's funny because they're together and one of them is tall and then one of them is short. One's really big and one's short. That's you awesome. See? That's pretty fucking good, right? Do you get it, Banner? I don't I don't understand because I mean it just makes sense that the rock can reach higher, but Kevin Hart can stop <laughs> the bottom shelves. Because one of them's small and the other one <laughs> the other one is not. And I get Matt, it now. Matt, how oh about this? How about, how about there's a scene where like Kevin Hart He's like screaming, he's freaking out, he's throwing a fit, and then The Rock like picks him up and he can't do anything because he's shorter. Yeah, than it's him. just kicking his legs like a little baby. Jesus Christ. Just, just wait for the fucking um, 
just catastrophe fucking green screen fight between a virus that you can't even see and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's like punching the bacteria in the air. It's going to be awesome. It's pretty fucking good. All right, Banner, top of that. I mean, it's a suicide well, mission. it's Go not going to happen, but my movie is going to be directed by James Mangold. Wow. So it's already won an Oscar. Obviously. Okay. Uh, and that's mainly because we know that he can take a horrible, not so good thing that's headed into the ground and turn it into something good. Are you referring to your X-Men franchise? I unfortunately am (laughs) referring to uh, Wolverine or X-Men Origins Wolverine and then him turning that around with obviously the Wolverine and Logan. Um, Exactly yet. Still working around it. But I'm thinking this is going to uh take place in a hospital probably like wyoming maybe montana where they literally think this is the spanish flu still interesting they think it's the spanish flu and it's nothing because they don't speak spanish obviously wait what i thought you were taking this seriously until i kind of was and then i like because i I took it seriously (laughs) Uh, have to. Geiger's was hilarious, so he's off the hook. Yours, I'm just confused. <laughs> you know what? To be honest with you, I read the show notes four minutes ago, so it's, it's still coming to me. Are you saying they need to speak Spanish to like reason with the virus? Yeah, obviously, because it only speaks by it only speaks Spanish. That's the prequel to maybe Corona some Hayek. Hayek is like the translator to talk to the virus for them. I'd be fine with that. Or Penelope Cruz. It's all deadly. If we can't Spanish, afford someone, right? we'll get Penelope Cruz. She's not doing anything these days. But then, obviously, we'd have to have Johnny Depp in it, too. Yeah, they do do a shit ton of... I forgot they were also in Murder the Orient Express together. Yeah. Of course. With Blow and that Pirates movie that no one saw. Yeah, the shittiest one. <laughs> that no one saw. Yeah, that's true. But somehow they Actually, were able to Rick- make another one after that. Which was pretty good. Check out our movie commentary on that. My movie uh, is going to be directed by Christopher Nolan. And this will he will declare this as his last film in 2030. Which will inherently make way more people go see it. I actually, I, I kind of went serious with this. So it's not going to be as funny as Geiger and Banners. Or funny at all, actually. Give me Elizabeth Moss in the lead role. And Henry Golding as well, right? He's white hot right now. Let's project him out like nine years from now. Um, So Golding is a Chinese doctor or scientist who tries to warn the world about this virus and is, of course, silenced, shut up, muzzled by the Chinese government. And then Elizabeth Moss is a journalist abroad who he trusts with his story to try to get out with it. And somehow I also really want Ben Mendelsohn in this as the villain. I know, Geiger, you're on to Bloodline now, so you're you're all on the Ben Mendelsohn. Could Could he play the vice president by then? I mean, that's 10 years from now. Uh, he could maybe be like Pence. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I could see With that. Makeup, they could make anybody look like anybody. Yeah. But really, I just want Nolan and him to reteam because I did not get enough Arthur Daggett in The Dark Knight Rises. Je- Jeff, I got one more I just thought of, if I can do one really quick. So it's about two guys, and they get coronavirus really bad, and uh, they're fighting for their lives. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix and Christian Bale. And for preparation, they actually go to China and eat bats for six months trying to get coronavirus again. 
but then they're like not allowed on set so there's like a huge like they got to delay shooting and stuff but they're so method actors that they're just trying to get coronavirus to play these roles it's not funny because they actually i think might. they would do that they so would they're like, already uh, prepping for it and walking phoenix is married to rooney mara she'd be like yeah babe i totally get it. you have to go yeah, you have you can't just act without coronavirus. People will know you gotta actually have it. Right, people will be able to tell. That's just a normal fever, so not even believable. Isn't that the point of acting though? Is like you you just do it, you pretend. Yeah, you're not really a cop. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Do you know that Lewis's wife has probably been making this argument for like thirty years? Like, right? You don't have to actually fucking be Lincoln for eighteen months. <laughs> I heard she kicked him out of their house while he was filming Lincoln. She was like, I'm not going to fuck. That's awesome. I'm not going to fucking deal with this at the dinner table. Full score. Oh, no, no. It's He's chicken. Like, I didn't cheat on you, babe. Lincoln did. So if you're mad at anybody, yeah. I would do a little seance. Her husband with will be home in four months, so you should just forgive him. <laughs> this is Lincoln's dick. Okay. And you know that he likes prostitutes. I don't think that's written anywhere, but okay. <laughs> It's just tribal knowledge. <laughs> fucking history books. It's through the grapevine. I can't believe I have to fucking educate you on this, babe. All right, guys, before we let the people go for episode 110, any closing thoughts, Geiger? I feel like you uh, you had a hell of an episode. What do you want to close with? Thanks, man. Just, uh, guys, it doesn't matter if you think it's stupid or not. Who cares what your opinion is? Just stay inside me so we can get fucking over this shit. I'm sick of this. Same. We Same. need it. We need to go out to the patio. I'm watching fucking 2002 Raiders videos, okay? A gun in my throat is only a couple weeks away, so please. It's like, <laughs> I'm reading Don't Kill Myself books. I thought the book wasn't yours. Stop lying. Might have glanced at it. Might have glanced. It says Don't Jump. Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> I really feel like my message is being heard right now. It is. So, Banner, deliver that now. You know, guys, just it's if you have more to get it. Yeah, if you have to get out, you know, to go get food, the grocery store, pick up your medicine, that's the only thing. holes like me. That's fine. <laughs> only essential business. Hey, that's not hurting anybody. We yeah. walked. You're not yeah. near anyone. I've seen the snaps. He was walking. Yeah, six feet apart. Just pull over for those emergency vehicles, please. Again, it's it's more important now than ever with everything that's going on. Do your part. Very well said. And guys, hey, I know the people who listen to us, we're not talking. Spread the message. Just be good people right now. We need it more than ever. And the social distancing thing, please practice that. Today, I was at, I'm not proud of this, but I went to the liquor store at lunch. I had to prepare for the pod. And some people just don't get it, man. Like, I do everything I can to avoid other people in the aisles. And some people are coming at me like, I'm a fucking Jonas brother they want an autograph from. Like, Guys, this thing sucks. We're going to get through it together. We, Like Geiger said, we just got to... We're all in this together. Claiborne did something else. And I'd say it. Yep. That's, that's what he said perfectly. Okay. So, for the mad scientist, Brian Banner, and our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro4 Squad podcast. Thank you guys for listening to us. Please follow us on Twitter at Bro4Squad. Type in Bro Force Squad as three separate words on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and letterbox.com. You'll find all of our stuff there and subscribe to us. And you can check out all of our stuff on our website, broforcesquad.com. Till next time, we will see you out there, but six feet apart from you. 
The Rock and Dwayne Johnson humor is just it's genius, really. It never fails. That's why he's such a big star.